Come thou fount of every blessing, turn my heart to sing thy grace. Drink of mercy, never ceasing, of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious song, sung by
Amen. You may be seated. If you have your copy of God's Word, Psalm 23 again today as we look at the shepherd psalm together. You know, the Lord was certainly wise in comparing us with, with sheep and calling us sheep. The more I learn about sheep as we're studying uh, through this passage, the more I see just how much we are like them. And quite uh, frank, frankly, they are... Um, Not real smart. And let's be honest, many times we're not that smart either by what we do. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But uh, let's read together Psalm 23. I told you we'd read it every time out loud together. I hope that you're reading it every day as I've challenged you. And as you're reading it every day, you're memorizing it or meditating on it, refreshing it if you already know it. But it's on the screen if you need the words. Let's lift our voices up as we read Psalm 23 together. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, thank you for these truths. Thank you for this time. I pray for the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide as we uncover the wonderful truth in this psalm today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're focusing on that third verse of Psalm 23. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Now I hope you don't think I was being unkind a moment ago when I said that we are... Uh, sometimes not smart. The reason I said that is because of what this verse says. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, look at the very first four words of this verse. It says, He restoreth my soul. That word restoreth, you know, originally was written in Hebrew, and it means to bring back. It means He brings back my soul. Now, why does He have to bring back my soul? Well, because we wander off. We wander off. Sheep do that, you know. They're grazing along, they're eating, and they are eating their grass in front of them. They see some other grass over there. It looks greener and, and more tender and more lush. And so they wander over there and get that grass. And then they see, oh, oh, there's more over there. And I'm going to go over here. And before long, they've lost sight of the shepherd and they've wandered off. And is this not us in a nutshell? We wander off from our shepherd for what appears to be greener grass. In other words, beloved, we sin. And that is not smart. It's not smart to sin when we have a good shepherd. The Lord's shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. And so we we sin. You say, are you talking about Christians? Yes. We Christians sin. If someone told you that once you got saved, you would never sin again, they sinned and lied to you. Do you know that? They lied to you. Jot this reference down, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. If we say that we have no sin, 
We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. Now, we don't live lives of sin. We don't just live in sin and abound in sin, but we do fail. We do fall. We do sin. We do slip up. We do yield to temptation. But here is where the compassion and the tender care of our shepherd comes into play. The Bible says here that He lovingly restores us. He doesn't leave us in our sin. He doesn't leave us in our mess. He finds us and He forgives us. And what we see here in the first part of this verse, beloved, is the restoring work of our shepherd. The restoring work of our shepherd. Now I want you to notice here in verse 3, it's the shepherd's work that's being highlighted. Did you notice it says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Now we went astray. We wandered off. We got ourselves in trouble. But our shepherd knows that. He looks around and says that we've wandered off and we're gone. But He does not forsake us. He doesn't just say, well, too bad. So sad. See you later. No, He lovingly looks for us. And He finds us. And He brings us back. And He restores us. Now, I don't know about you, but this is a wonderful truth to contemplate. It's so thrilling to see the loving care of our shepherd, especially, personally, when I realize that I am prone to wander off. Does that phrase sound familiar, prone to wander? We sang it earlier in the service, you know. We sang opening hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And there are two phrases in that hymn that might make you scratch your head a little bit. Uh, The first one is in, I think it's verse 2, where it says, Here I raise mine Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come. And I I think I remember even as a boy wondering, what in the world is that all about? Here I raise my Ebenezer. Only Ebenezer we know a lot of times is Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Charles Dickens, right? But no, that's not what it's about. Ebenezer there is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. And it's a reference to God's faithfulness. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. I think about your faithfulness. Hither by thy help I am come. God's faithfulness. But then the other phrase that comes is in verse 3 where it says, and we sang it today, you may not even realize it. You've sang it so many times. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Now we know that completely and ultimately a child of God cannot wander off and be lost forever. If we're saved, we're saved eternally. No one can pluck us out of the Father's hand. If we're truly a child of God, we are eternally secure in the hands of God, but we do wander off. We sometimes refer to it as backsliding, sinning, wandering off. But even then, what do we find here? We find that our loving shepherd, he comes and he brings us back and he restores us. Classic example in the scripture, Simon Peter. Peter, before the time is three, you're going to deny me. Before the the rooster crows three times. Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll die for you. And of course, you know the story. He did indeed deny the Lord. He even denied him with cursing. And then what do we have later on? We have the Lord Jesus just washing his hands saying, 
Peter, I'm done with you. You've got a big mouth and you're always sticking your foot in it and you're always messing up and you denied me and you're no good and, and you're just a lost cause, Peter. Is that what we find? No! We find that the Lord, after His resurrection, He lovingly restores Peter. And He uses Peter in a tremendous way. What a beautiful picture. Thank God for His work of restoration. Thank God that He doesn't just leave us to ourselves and leave us when we mess up in sin, but He comes and lovingly restores us. But there's a second picture here, and that is not only the restoring work of our shepherd, but also the renewing work of our shepherd. You see that word translated restoreth, He restoreth my soul. My soul also has the idea of reviving and strengthening my soul. Reviving me and strengthening me. Now sometimes we're weary. And sometimes we're beat down. Sometimes we're grief-stricken. And we need our souls restored. We need to be renewed. We need to be revived. We need to be strengthened. It's interesting, the psalmist in Psalm 42 is talking to himself. And by the way, talking to yourself is biblical. Alright? Psalm 42, verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God! For I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Why are you cast down on my soul? I learned this past week, it was interesting, that phrase cast down, when it comes to shepherding, it's an old English shepherd's term for a sheep that is turned over on its back and cannot get back up. Now can you picture that in your mind? Sheep on its back. Ah, ah. Can you just picture that? It's a pitiful picture. It's almost comical. Ah, you know, just can't get up. And I'll spare you of all the details because I got to read what happens within the sheep and all that kind of stuff and, and, and what will happen to the sheep if the shepherd does not intervene. But I remember reading one of the shepherds said basically this, there's a phrase, a down sheep is a dead sheep. They can't stay that way. The way they're, they're made and they can't right themselves at times and, and all that goes on within their bodies. And they're cast down. And sometimes, beloved, we find ourselves like that. We're on our backs. And we're cast down. We're in a mess. We need the renewing work of the shepherd in our lives. We need the shepherd to come to us as we're cast down to minister His grace to us. In our weakness, we need the shepherd. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So what about you, dear friend? Where do you find yourself today? Do you need His restoration? Is there sin in your life that you need to confess and get right about? First John says we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us and restore us. We're talking about the Lord's Supper today. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. And before we come, we're supposed to examine ourselves. And maybe today you need His restoration in your life. You need Him to forgive your sin and bring about that restoration. But maybe today your need is renewal. You're cast down. You're grief-stricken. You're beat down. 
You're tired. You're weary. You're frustrated. You're struggling. And you need Him to come as you're there on your back and you can't help yourself to come and right you and renew you and refresh you. So we see the restoring work of the shepherd. We see the renewing work of the shepherd. And then we see here where the shepherd is leading. The shepherd is leading us. Did you know the shepherd leads us? He goes out before us. Jot these references down and listen to them. John 10, 3 and 4. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when He brings out His own sheep, He goes before them. And the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. What a picture! They know the voice of their shepherd. He's out there in front, and they're following Him. And that's what we have in our shepherd, the Lord Jesus. In fact, John chapter 10, verse 27 says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. You see, the reason He can restore us and renew us is because He knows us. He knows us by name. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and He leads us. And it says here in Psalm 23, 3, what? He leads us in paths of righteousness. And so these are right paths. They're the right paths for us and they're also paths of righteousness. That is, they are holy. They are pure. There's a tremendous truth that every child needs to get a hold of here. Why? Because we face a mountain of decisions every day. Some decisions are minor. This morning I got up and I signed it. What time am I going to wear today? That was not an earth-shattering decision. That was not something that's going to change the course of humanity or even my own life. I just decided I'll wear this tie. You got up and you chose your clothing. You maybe chose what you're going to eat for breakfast or whatever. Some decisions are minor, but some decisions are major. Some decisions are life-altering decisions. Some could even lead to destruction for yourself or for others. We face a mountain of decisions every day. And sometimes we struggle with which path to take, which decision to make, which course to follow. And then we come to Psalm 23.3 and it says, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. And I think sometimes we get it all wrong. Because when it comes to these major decisions, sometimes we spend so much of our time trying not to make the wrong decision that we fail to consider and remember that we have a shepherd. I can't make the wrong decision instead of I've got a shepherd. He leads me. We, we forget that our job is to follow. To trust His leading. To trust His direction. A lot of you know these verses. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And what's it say? He will do what? He will direct your paths. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. They're the right paths for us. And they are holy paths. When it comes to the will of God and making decisions, 
A lot of times, preachers, myself included, will talk about things like circumstances. And we'll talk about things like godly counsel. And those things are important. And those things God can use in a wonderful way. And, and all of that is good and proper, but I don't find that in this verse. In this verse, I see a focus on the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. He leads. We follow. Not only about you, but that is refreshingly simple. Refreshingly simple. He leads. We follow. You see how freeing all this is? But I know what you're thinking. Some of you are thinking, yeah, that sounds wonderful, preacher, but get real. I mean, I live in 2018. I've got bills to pay. I've got a family to feed. I've got decisions to make. I need some answers. And I don't know what to do. And so you just said that he leaded me in paths of righteousness. Oh, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. But get real. Well, if that's what you're thinking, perhaps the words of the late Haddon Robinson will help you as they help me. He said, when God guides us, it's not simply to the right places, but to the right kind of life. Not just to places, but the right kind of life. When it comes to making decisions, we often want to know whether we should take the job in Dallas or move to Chicago, if we should spend our lives in Africa or Latin America. But Haddon Robinson said this, he said, God's leading is not primarily to a location or a vocation. Rather, He's leading us to a right life and a mature, godly character. He gives an example from his own life. He says, years ago, I was faced with five different opportunities all at the same time. He says, at first I was bewildered at the choices. God seemed to be saying, before you lie five paths, I dare you to find the right one. But I believe that God was perfectly able to guide me in the choices I had to make. He did. And what I learned, listen, he shares his testimony. What I learned was that God's will was not primarily focused on the place he wanted me to be or the job he wanted me to take. Because that's usually where we live, right? the place, the job, the vocation, the location, that sort of thing. He says, I don't know of any passage in the Bible that tells us whether we should attend college next year or take a new position or get married or go to California. You won't find that in your Bible, by the way, unless you write it in the front cover. You won't find it in God's Word. He doesn't lay it out that specifically for you. Sometimes we wish that He would, don't you? Sometimes I wish I could just say, Rodney, do this, Rodney, do that. But actually, He does. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible clearly reveals God's plan for all of us. Robinson said, would you like to know God's will for your life today? The Scriptures tell you, for example, one of them is 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Say, so what's God's will for your life, my life? What's God's will that you give thanks in everything? Another one is... God's will for your sanctification, 1 Thessalonians 4.3. That's a large word. It just means that we're set apart for God's purposes. So where are you going with this, preacher? I still need to get some answers. I still need to know what to do. Well, I love what he says here. God's guidance has to do with what we are, not 
where we are. Now I'll go a little further. You say, well, I still got to figure out where to go. But let's stop for a moment and consider what he just said. God's guidance has to do with what we are, not where we are. Then he says this. If we are what God wants us to be, he'll have no problem placing us where he wants us to be. In other words, God's concerned about us and our maturity and our following him and our character and our Christ likeness. And listen, if we get to the point where we are what we ought to be, God has no problem leading us to where we need to be. He says we do not have to be plagued by decisions if we stay close to the shepherd. God's direction grows out of a personal relationship. He does not give us a roadmap and tell us to follow it. Instead, He goes before us and leads us to the place of His choosing. And it comes back to this picture of the sheep and the shepherd. We don't, we don't see out and look out in the countryside and see a bunch of sheep coming and saying, no, we formed a group. They go to the shepherd and say, my shepherd, we want to know today, what's the plan? That's how sheep talk, by the way, in case you didn't know. No, they, they just follow. The shepherd knows the plan. The shepherd has the path. The shepherd's the leader. The sheep follow. And beloved, that's why it's vital that you stay in a personal relationship with the shepherd to read the Bible, to pray, to follow Him in obedience, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life, to realize it's all about following Him. And it's not so much where, it's what. And when the what is taken care of, then He can very easily lead us to the where. Peter Jeffrey said our problem is not really one of guidance, it's one of closeness to God. One of closeness. But then you say, well, preacher, how can we be sure that He will lead us in the right way? Because it says He'll lead us in paths of righteousness, the right path for us, and also a holy path. But how can we be sure? I mean... These are major decisions and this is major stuff in my life. Well, beloved, we can be sure because of the last four words of the verse. It says in the last four words of the verse, what? He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. What does that mean? One commentator, one writer said, the fact the Lord leads His people for His namesake means that He guides them according to all that His name represents. So it includes His holiness and His love and His faithfulness and His wisdom and all that He's revealed Himself to be for His namesake. His name represents His character, who He is, just like your name represents you and who you are. And so what we're saying, beloved, is His, his guidance is absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. You may try to instruct your child or grandchild and you give them the best advice you can and the best counsel you can, but it's always going to be a little bit possibly tainted or it could be a little bit contaminated. Why? Because we're human and we fail and we don't know everything and we don't have all wisdom and sometimes we're selfish in what we're telling them. But God's wisdom and guidance is always perfect because He's perfect and He knows all things. He can do all things and He's in all places all at the same time. And so it's perfect guidance. And He does it for His name's sake. Now, I want to be careful and very reverent on what I'm about to say. I don't want to be misunderstood. 
But the best way I know to say it is, beloved, his reputation's at stake. His reputation's at stake. Now again, I'm going to be very careful here. God is perfect. He's absolutely complete within Himself. He doesn't need us. He's chosen to make us, create us, and love us. But we add nothing to God and we subtract nothing from God. He is absolutely, totally, complete, whole, and perfect. And so then how can I say His reputation might be at stake? Well, what I mean by that, beloved, is this. The way that we live, as the Lord guides us, and directs us in the way that we live our lives and follow Him, it causes other people to have thoughts of God. In other words, we have a testimony. You say, I don't have a testimony. Yes, you do. There are other people that look at your life. You might have a good testimony. You might have a bad testimony. You might have a mixed testimony. What I'm saying is this. The way that we follow the shepherd, lead our lives, our lives are a testimony. We're the only Bible some people are ever going to read. Our lives. And as they look at our lives, we're teaching something about God to the people observing us. Because we're believers, right? We're followers of Christ. We're Christians. And so our lives are before other people. And when I said His reputation is at stake, what I mean is that God wants us to glorify Him and magnify Him and honor Him and to make His name great. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men, they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let me give you another verse. Psalm 106, verse 8. Listen to what Psalm 106, verse 8 says. Nevertheless, He saved them, listen, for His name's sake. There's that same phrase again. He saved them for His name's sake that He might make His mighty power known. Why did He save these people in Psalm 106, verse 8? That for His name's sake, that He might make His mighty power known. The work that He did in their life reflected upon His goodness and His grace and His power. And so when it says He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake, He wants other people to look at us following Him and see what a great God He is. In other words, beloved, this is not just about us. He restores us, He renews us, and He guides us for His name's sake. We get the blessing, but He gets the honor and the glory. And He cannot help but do it wonderfully and perfectly. Why? Because He is perfectly wonderful in all that He is and all that He does. I think this is a wonderful passage to consider before the Lord's Supper. And I wonder as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper and as we look at this passage, what did God speak to you about today? What did He speak to you about today? Do you need His work of restoration in your life? There's sin that needs to be rooted out of your life. You need to call upon today. Confess it. Forsake it. Get right about it. Maybe today your need is renewal. You're tired, you're weary, you're beat down, you're cast down. And you need Him to come and refresh you and renew you by His goodness. Or maybe today you say, no, what I really need is I need guidance in my life. I've dealt with the sin. I'm refreshed 
spiritually, but I just have some decisions I've got to make. And I need his guidance. Why don't you take a moment or two as we examine our hearts and pray. And just whatever it is that God's speaking to you about, do business with him right now. I'm going to give you a quiet moment. I'm going to take a quiet moment for myself and then I'll pray and then we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper, all right?